On this week's episode of The Fizz, I catch up with you guys after being gone for a few weeks. We talk a little bit about the World Series, baseball playoffs in general, and then I talk about the three sporting events I've attended over the past two weeks, which involves a Lions game, a Red Wings game, and a Pistons game. I had fantastic seats for all of them, thanks to my wonderful friends Um, and I talk about all those teams individually as well and then we close it out with a little over under with the list provided by my fat friend Jerry but before we get into all of that I need to give an overdue shout out to my friends at Vaporfresh. Uh, Vaporfresh has been by the Fizz's side pretty much since the start of summer. They've sent me bottles of their product And now that I'm full force into hockey season, I am using it every week. Um, I skate anywhere from one to three times a week, and my equipment smells better than it did 10 years ago in high school. Now, if you don't know what VaporFresh is, it's a 100% botanical active ingredient sports cleaning and deodorizing spray. VaporFresh was kind enough to send an entire box to my hockey team. Everyone uses it. Everyone's equipment smells 10 times better. I see the guys spray it down after every skate that we have, and they said it not only smells great, but it also feels great on your skin. It doesn't irritate anything, uh, any part of the body of any piece of equipment you want to use. Again, that's because it's made with 100% natural and botanical active ingredients. Um, It's completely free of artificial fragrances, chlorine, and ammonia. You can use this stuff on anything, your yoga mat, your running shoes, your football helmet, anything. I told you I mostly use it for my hockey equipment, but in summer I was using it for my running shoes and my fiance was using it on her yoga mat. If you guys want to get your hands on a bottle of this, it's really not too expensive, but I do have a promo code for you guys as well. Go to amazon.com, search VaporFresh, use the code FIZPODCAST for 20% off. And if you guys do that, send me your purchase uh, confirmation, and I'll send you some Champagne Athletic stickers uh, in addition to getting the 20% off of VaporFresh. So go to Amazon.com, search VaporFresh, use the code FIZPODCAST. You'll get 20% off. DM me, and I'll send you guys some stickers as well. I think it's a pretty good deal. So go check them out. Uh, They're a great sponsor and an even better product, VaporFresh. But now, let's get into the Fizz. Talk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Talk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne Talk like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball Talk hard. Don't just leave by harder. I am the bird man. Yeah, I am the Okay. Hello and welcome. To episode 36 of The Fizz. Yes, we are back here finally after a few weeks hiatus. Uh, I do apologize for the break, guys. You know, honestly, I wish I could record this thing every goddamn day of my life, but that's just not realistic. And I'm not going to sit here and make a bunch of excuses for why I haven't been doing this or all the things I've had going on or the laziness that impedes my brain at times. All I'm going to say is I apologize to those of you who listen to this week in and week out and all those who are asking where the fizz has gone um, because it honestly blows my mind that people actually do listen to this um, and they listen to it all the way through and that they listen to it on a weekly basis. So I really enjoy doing it and 
I wish I did it more for you guys. I wish I was doing it like three times a week, but realistically, uh, that's, that's just not a realistic possibility. So I going to do it at as much as I can try to be more consistent, try to bring you guys the best content content from my sports brain that I can bring you. But here we are, episode 36. It's a rainy Wednesday evening as I record this. Most of you guys will be listening to this on Thursday, on Halloween. So happy Halloween to all of you spooky cats out there. Um, I am in my garage uh, where I where I record, and it's definitely getting colder. Uh, before in the summer, it was an absolute sweat box, and I was sweating my balls off. Um, I'd bring people in here. They'd sweat their balls off as well. It was a complete steam hole. Um, and now the temperature has dropped and it's cold and it's rainy. So I am here in my garage with a hoodie, uh, a jacket, the hood up, ski cap, headphones, whole nine yards, uh, just to try to keep warm in my very barren, uh, dirty old garage. In addition to that, uh, I do have my dog Hank in here. Hank is walking around and right now he's being a real, real good boy, but I don't know right now he's sniffing my, my hockey bag. I don't know if he will start to get a little restless. So if we hear a little huffs and puffs, maybe, uh, maybe some, some, some barks, some borks, some farts and some sneezes. Um, you might hear those in the background. That's just Hank, uh, doing the podcast with me. Couldn't get a guest. So I brought in Hank to hang out with me in the garage. And right now he's being a real good boy. Gave him a game, a little, uh, little Kong filled it with some cheese. So he's pushing that thing around right now, but you guys don't tune into this to listen to about the temperature of my body or my dog and the level of behavior he's at. What you guys are here for is the sports. And right now the biggest sport going on, obviously tonight is game seven of the world series between the Houston Astros and the Washington nationals. Um, every road team, uh, every road team in this series has run the, won the game up to this point. Uh, and by the time you guys listen to this, we will have crowned a World Series champion. Uh, now, these MLB, this this World Series has been absolutely fantastic. Um, even the playoffs in general, in general, have been pretty great. Uh, I was pretty heavily invested in the Atlanta Braves and the New York Yankees just because I put a future World Series bet in on both of them, like in early August. Obviously, neither of them are still playing, so those bets went to shit. Um, and then when this series started, I definitely thought I was going to be rooting for Houston most of the way. I like Altuve, and obviously, I'm a big Justin Verlander fan and just want to root for his success. Love Kate Upton. Just pretty much just love the Verlanders. But as I've watched this series progress, it's really hard for my heart not to be with the Nationals. Uh, you know, the the Astros won one last year. The Astros obviously have Mad Max, who's one of the – or sorry, not the Astros. The uh, the Nationals obviously have Mad Max, who's one of uh, one of baseball's best competitors. And it's really hard not to have a natitude going into this Game 7. I mean, they have been absolutely relentless. The less talented team, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I'm really excited for what's, for what's about to unfold here in Game 7. Now, as far as betting goes – I don't know if I, everything in the world says to lay off this game because I don't know what's going to happen. My heart wants to take the Nationals, but my head is screaming to take the Astros. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll just throw a small bet in on the over, uh, which is at 7.5, and, and then that way I can just root for an exciting baseball game because right now I just don't, uh, I don't think I can pick a team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, good luck to both teams. I am going to be... Probably, I'll probably end up taking the Nationals uh, just because I, I think I do want them to win. I want Max Scherzer to win the game. I'm rooting for him. Uh, old crazy eyes. So 
Um, this is the most into baseball I've been all year because the Tigers obviously stunk ass this whole year. Um, and it really doesn't seem like there's any end in sight to that. Uh, this was the first year, I think, since like I could talk or walk that uh, I did not attend a Tigers game. Uh, I had free tickets to a couple of them, some pretty good seats, and still just did not go. Um, so I don't know what that says about me as a fan, but I don't know. Just never got around to going to a Tigers game. And I absolutely love going to Tigers games. Even if the team's shitty, it's not like you have to watch the game. But just thought it was interesting that I did not attend a Tigers game this year. But as far as attending Detroit sporting events, uh, I definitely have not had a shortage of that this year whatsoever. Um, in the last like week and a half, two weeks, I have attended a Lions game, a Red Wings game, and a Pistons game. Um, so I'm going to touch on all three of those, visiting those, um, visiting those stadiums, what that experience was like, and then just like the teams in general. Uh, so I guess we'll just start, I'll start off by saying that with all three of these games, I was invited to all three by three different friends, all very good friends. Um, and the seats were incredible at all of them. Like I would, I don't have the money to pay for these seats at all. Uh, but for the Red Wings game, I sat on the glass for the Lions game. I sat at like the 50 yard line. I don't, I don't know what row, maybe 13th row, like 15, 50 yard line. It was amazing. Um, and then for the Pistons game, like, just to one-up everything, I was like third, I don't know, I was like fifth row at half court and got to go in the players club. And every, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. But we'll get into all of that. I will start off with probably uh, the, most, the most interesting team right now, the team with the, uh, the most uh, skin in the game. And it was actually the first event I attended of all these three. And that is the Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions are three, three, and one third place in the North Lions. Um, so the game that I went to was the Minnesota Vikings game. And oh my God, I mean, just that game was an absolute nightmare. It's an old game. We don't have to get into the whole game. More, more or less, I want to talk about just like going to Ford Field and how I am just like, I'm just a child. I'm just a child when I attend sporting events like especially like lions and red wings like i i can't be controlled it's like if you just let your kid or your child run loose in like a chuck e cheeses or i don't even where, where do kids get excited to go like discovery zone that's not a thing caesar's land that can't be a thing like where where i don't know like a candy store a kid in a candy store like i don't know i don't know what kids are into these days maybe like a GameStop. they like video games i think but that's me that's me going to a Lions game, and I always have to have a drink in my hand. I'm always screaming, and I just I progressively just just get drunk to the point where I'm I'm really not even remembering what's going on in the game. So I know they lost 42 to 30, um, and I know I drank too hard that day, which is never a good end result for myself. Um, but the real entertainment that comes into a Detroit Lions game is, is just the crowd. Um, I would put the Detroit Lions crowd up there with any NFL crowd in the world. And what, what, do, you, like, what do you mean by that, Frank? What, what metric are you using there? Well, you know, it, you know very passionate, uh, very, uh, hmm, very passionate. Fuck, what am I looking for here? 
I was, I was trying to think of a few other adjectives I'd put them like, okay, loudest. I think like they're the loudest. They're the most into the game. They're the most uh, vocal. They're the most passionate. And, you know, they're also like the dirtiest and the white trashiest. And like, I always make the joke that my fiance has to hose me down when I get home before coming into the house after going to a Lions game, because that's how down and dirty those things get. I mean, so I was at the Minnesota Vikings game a couple weeks ago. Uh, and the guy next to me was inhaling beers. He was absolutely inhaling beers, which is great. So was I, uh, all, more power to him. This guy's like all bold, all bald, got a goatee. And he wouldn't stop yelling the entire game, the word cheesehead. He just kept saying it, cheesehead, cheesehead, cheesehead. He kept saying it. Uh, and he kept saying like, clean it up or something like that. He kept, I forgot what he was saying, but he, it was like, clean it up. And he kept yelling at the refs. Kept yelling at the players and everything. In fact, I like I had to take a video of this guy, and I got this video, but I want you guys to hear this audio. This guy did this the entire game. No joke, first quarter to fourth quarter, just kept yelling shit like this, and he's with his buddy just inhaling beers. Listen to this. The kick is good. Hey, get in shape, you zebra! Jeez, hey! Hey, Jesus! No one's on the coverage. Come on, 50, you're weak! Third down at 17. Take a dog. I thought I can't bark all day, right? Oh, they can. Hey, 50, get in the shape! And, and, and it's just guys like that that you're going to get at a Lions game. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That guy was... That guy sat there in... Like, very expensive seats. I couldn't even tell you the price. I don't know what ticket prices are at all. Um, and just yelled that the entire game as he watched. His, he probably got season tickets and watched his Lions just get their dicks kicked in uh, at home and give up 42 points. That was, you know, that was his Sunday, which isn't, which isn't much different from my Sunday, uh, which was there watching their dicks get kicked in um, and drinking a million beers. And that's pretty much a Lions experience. And, and I'll never, I'll, it'll never cease to amaze me, the fans at Lions games. Um, I mean, people like paint their face silver with like metallic, with lead-based paint. They paint it metallic with lead-based paint, it looks like. I mean, I have pictures and selfies with people um, that are just like salt of the earth. Like, and like they invest so much into this Detroit Lions team. And, you know, so do I. But man, some of these people at these games are just the most fascinating individuals in the world. And uh, I love them. I love them. And I truly believe, um, you know, biggest Red Wings fan in the world. And this is hockey town. Don't get it twisted. But this place really is football town. Like if, if the Lions were actually a good team, like I, I don't want to know what would happen to downtown Detroit. I think it would be, I think it would be scary. I think it would look like the riots of like, you know, the 67 riots, but without, you know, all the, the anger and racial issues. But I mean, these fans are crazy. So after the game, me and my buddy, we went to Ready Player One and we played each other in NFL Blitz um, until we couldn't see straight anymore. Um, and while we're playing Blitz, there's a guy there and he had a jersey on that said just one as the last name with the number one. Or no, no, I take that back. The name on the back of the jersey was Before I Die. And then the number on the back was the number one. And basically what that was is he just wants one Super Bowl before he dies. I saw this guy. I asked for a picture of the back of his jersey, took a picture of the jersey, 
he gave me a big hug. Someone took a picture of that, put it on Reddit, and it absolutely blew up. Like, I don't know, tens of thousands of likes, um, which was pretty cool. But the fact that, one, there was that guy who had that jersey who just wants one Super Bowl before he dies, who was probably in his 50s. Um, two, the fact that me, younger fan, recognized him enough to give him a hug, a passionate hug that I needed just as much as he did because I was so furious with that loss to Minnesota. And then four, or th- I don't even know what number I'm on, three, that it blew up on Reddit that so many people could relate to how shitty the Lions are and how how that moment was so like emotional for both of us that we had to, random strangers could hug each other over the Detroit Lions and like they're losing ways. It's just, the, it's just like a wild atmosphere and culture here in Detroit. And I think we're so far buried into like SOL and just like these crazy fucking losses, like the touchdown return versus the Chiefs, the refs thing with the Green Bay Packers, like the, the hands to the face, the, the 12 men on the field, just like just shit like that. Like we're so numb to that I think if we actually put together like a fucking like a 12 and four team that, you know, won the division and had real playoff hopes and like won a playoff game or hosted a playoff game, like the city would burn. I really, it, it would burn like the amount of pent up anger and rage and like frustration and like taking it off the chin and just like wearing it and like Detroit versus everybody, that whole attitude is just so pressure cooked into this city over Detroit football that like the, the fucking, the lid would blow off the city, Detroit football wise. Like, especially with Michigan and Michigan state being like ass. I mean, I know Michigan state's like super ass and like Michigan fans can have fun with their Notre Dame loss, but like at the core of it, they're ass too. I just think, like the fucking lid would blow off this place. So if we are looking at what it would take for the Lions to, you know, win, they're three, three, and one. Um, you know, I think there's three back of the division. Um, and, you know, the way I see it with the rest of this season, they can win six more games. And if they win six more games, then they're going to go nine, six, and one. And that might be good enough to get them into the playoffs. But I think they got to win minimum six. I don't think they're going to get in with, you know, eight. What is it? Eight, eight, seven, and one. I don't think that's going to do it. But you got a Raiders game coming up. And that game's going to be tough as hell. West Coast game, like, they're never easy. The Raiders, like, sneaky come out to play sometimes. But you got to beat the Raiders. Well, here, here, here's the schedule. Raiders at the Bears, home to the Cowboys, at Redskins, Home versus the Bears, at Minnesota, hosting the Bucks, at Broncos, hosting the Packers. So if you're looking at these, I'm gonna say these are the. I'm predicting the games. We are host. We're going to the Raiders. We gotta win this game. Gotta beat the Raiders. Beat the Raiders. One. Go to Bears. Lose. So we're four four and one. Host the Cowboys. Lose. Four five and one. Gotta beat the Redskins. They're fucking ass. Five five and one. Host the Bears. That's six, five, and one. Either way, I think I think we can beat the Bears twice. But if we split, whether it's the home game, the road game, doesn't matter. Uh, at this point, like you gotta split with the Bears. So if we're able to split with the Bears, we're six, five, and one going into Minnesota. Now, I like this is I 
this game is going to determine the season. Because if you lose this game, then you are 6-6-1, six, six, and one, and you have to win the last three games, which is hosting the Buccaneers, going to Denver, and then at home versus the Packers. So if you want a realistic thought of how this plays out, we're 6-5-1, and one, we go to Minnesota, and we lose. Minnesota has been kicking the shit out of us for the last couple of years. They've had our number. They beat the shit out of us at home, and they look like they're a pretty decent team. So now we're 6-6-1 six, six, and one with three games left. Two versus teams we should beat, and then we close at the Packers. So in Detroit fashion, Detroit, Detroit, true Detroit fashion. Jeez, that was wild. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit fashion is what I said. That's a tongue twister. Unique New York, unique New York. Okay, so lose to Minnesota, six six and one. We beat the Bucks at home, seven six and one. We beat the Broncos on the road, eight six and one. To get into the playoffs, we got to beat the Packers at home, and we end up losing. And then it's 8-7-1, and one, and we're out of the playoffs. Uh, now, there's a couple different ways to skin a cat here. The other crazy thing that I thought of was that we beat Minnesota, and we're 7-5-1. and one, And then we just need to win two of the last three versus the Bucks, the Broncos, and the Pack, and we lose two of them. Um, so... There's, there's, there's many ways that we can Detroit Lions this up, but looking at this schedule, I truly believe there are six wins out there, and there's no reason we can't beat every team on the schedule. I don't think we will. Um, I think we're going to split versus the Bears, uh, and I think this Raiders game, I mean, this Raiders game is absolutely huge. Like, you, we're the better team. I know we're on the road and we're on the West Coast, but you got to find a way to gut this one out no matter what. you got to find a way to gut it out. That's all there is to it. Um and then the Cowboys game is kind of interesting. I know we're at home, but we always find a way to, like, controversially really close lose to the, the Cowboys. So I'm kind of worried about that. Um, and then these shit games, like Redskins, Bucks, Broncos, got to win them all. I mean, no easy task in the NFL no matter how bad the teams are. But if you want to get to the playoffs, boys, you got to do that. It's, looks like my division uh, futures bet for the Lions out the window as well. Um, but – Last note on the Lions here, uh, trade deadline, obviously the Lions didn't do anything, but they shipped Quandre Diggs very recently, who was a, um, a team captain, um, and it caught a lot of people off guard, and then Darius Slay started tweeting about it, um, all pissed off, and people thought Slay was going to get moved. I really didn't think Slay was going anywhere. Obviously, he was just pissed his buddy got traded. Kind of made no sense that Quandre Diggs got traded. It was one of those what-the-fuck-are-the-Lions-doing kind of moments. Um and I don't know what happened, but I'm just assuming that he said something. I'm, I'm assuming Quandre Diggs like, said something or misbehaved in practice or organization, and he crossed a line and they shipped him. So I think it sucks. I liked him. He was a team captain. He was a leader on defense. They just, I think they just re-signed him. Um, or I don't remember, but whatever. He was, looked like he was going to be part of at least, least the near future of the Lions, but now he's gone. So I don't know. Very odd. And I'm kind of, I mean, I'm very glad that Slay's still in Detroit and I hope, uh, you know, I hope we're able to win on, uh, on Sunday forward. Okay. Now let's talk about the team nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, the most winningest American NHL franchise in NHL history, the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know why I did the, uh, the horn myself, I could have just edited that in, but uh, whatever, we'll go with that one. Okay, sweet. So now that I've done that, I uh, went to a Red Wings game last Tuesday. 
Whoa, same situation, kid in a candy store, can't control myself. Didn't matter that it was a Tuesday. Didn't matter at the Lions game that it was a Sunday. I drank too much. I drank too much with the claps, everything. Hank's freaking out now because I'm. he thinks I'm clapping at him. You're being good, buddy. You're good. You're a good boy. Uh, Frankie's daddy's just, uh, I don't know, talking into a mic in a garage. Okay, so Red Wings game, played Vancouver, had a one-goal lead. I think, I think, I don't even know. I drank way too much, but I know that Vancouver gave up five third period goals. So let me tell you about this experience. Another good friend took me to the game. Seats were on the glass, on the glass. I have not sat on the glass since, I swear to God, since Steve Eiserman was on the team and my good buddy took me to a game when I was like eight or nine years old. I remember it was around that time because... When you sat on the glass at the Joe, you were in folding chairs. The ice, the ice was coming out from underneath the boards. That's not a joke. The ice was like seeping out from under the boards. And the lawn chairs that you sat in, like I was too short to see over the boards. So I had to sit on my legs. And the usher kept coming down and saying like, you can't sit like that. And I was like, well, I, I can't fucking see if I don't. So I'm going to sit like that. Yeah. So that's me at nine years old. Anyways, we're on the glass, and it was fucking spectacular. Again, never sat that close uh, in, over, in over a decade. Uh, very fortunate to have gotten those seats. Absolutely loved it. Fun fact about this game, it was 80s night. 80s! It was Red Wings 80s night. I was super stoked about this. Um, big, I, I, didn't, I was born in 91. I don't know anything about the 80s, but I love the aesthetic of the eighties, like all the graphic work and the music and the whatever, the eighties were fucking cool. Um, and they promoted this eighties night thing because the Red Wings now have to do things like eighties night and band night and Halloween night, star Wars night. They have to do this because the product on the ice stinks so fucking bad. It's not enough to get you into the stadium. So they got to do all these, these curveball knuckleball gimmicks at you just to get your, your ass in the door. But what they did, obviously I said, was 80s night, 80s. And I thought they were going to give out these t-shirts. And these t-shirts are awesome. They, they say 80s night. There's like a weird 80s design. It's got a Wings logo on it. It's, good. it's awesome. It's an awesome shirt. And the shirt's going to be even more awesome in 10 years when people forget that there was a random Tuesday night, 80s night um, in 2019. So... Here's the thing about these t-shirts. I thought everyone in the stadium was going to get them or at least like, you know, first 10,000 fans kind of deal. No, not the case. You had to buy a special 80s night t-shirt ticket to get this thing. And I didn't have it because I, poor me, only had uh, glass seats. So I didn't get this 80s t-shirt thing. So big shout out to Red Patrol because... My mission for this game was to just get these shirts for me and three of my buddies. I needed these shirts. I did like I had to have them. Like I was I had to get my hands on one of these shirts. So big shout out to Red Patrol. Found some of these nice ladies working the game. I said, what do I have to do to get a shirt? And they said, you know what? Just like be low-key. We'll grab you a shirt. Okay. I hang out by like my portal. Uh they come back. Oh, oh, fun, funny thing too. I go, Hey, I need size medium. And she's like, you don't get to pick your size. Like I have to go get these for you. I was like, okay, well I just want the shirt to fit. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, sure as shit, she comes back with four mediums. Four mediums for me. This is awesome. I was like, well, this is great. Everyone I'm with is a large because no one in the world wears a medium besides me. So my buddies had small shirts, but it, but the fact that I got them shirts was enough. Like they could crop top them, cut the sleeves off. They can do whatever they want. But the fact that I got the shirts was the impressive play. Okay. In addition to that, the story, story goes up from here. I get the 80s t-shirts from the Red Patrol fucking rocked. And they're like, hey, do you want to do the intermission like game or entertainment? And my buddies, having grown up going to Joe Louis Arena's games, watching 90s Red Wings go like, oh, do we get to do Scoro? And if you, if, if you don't know what Scoro is, Scoro is what they used to do at every single uh, like first period intermission at the Joe. And I don't, I don't know if they still do it at LCA, but Scoro was the best game in the world. Basically they drive a Jeep or a truck out onto the ice. They put like these, these, uh, like net blockers in front of the net and you stood at center ice or maybe the blue line. No, I think you're at center ice and you had to shoot the puck down and try to get into this little small square. And if you did, you like won, you know, the fucking sweater or whatever the, the, the toy of the, the day was. So we asked if we were going to do Scoro. We don't get to do Scoro. That's not the game. What's the game? The game that we got to do was like on ice scooter racing. And by scooter, I don't mean like a bird, which I fell off of. I am talking about like race car pedaling shit. Okay. I don't, it's like one of those things you sit, you sit almost, your ass is almost on the ground. Your feet are in front of you and you're pedaling, but it's like a little race car. So it was two man teams. So there was three teams of two and one guy did a lap, passed it off. And then the next guy did a lap. Um, my partner absolutely killed it. My partner ripped it. He was in first place the whole time, gave the handoff to me. The handoff was real sloppy, um, real sloppy handoff. And uh, I, I mean, not to sugarcoat it. I just came in last. Uh, I came in last. Uh and, uh, yeah, we, I mean, I came in dead last in front of the, in front of the whole stadium. Um, I'd never done halftime entertainment at the wings game. Um, but it was definitely like an absolute blast. Um, pretty much they take you downstairs. They, uh, they have you sign a waiver. I got to wear like a hockey helmet, which is great. Gotta love wearing those. Um, but we were obviously very disappointed in the outcome of the, uh, of the race, but Happy to have the experience to go down to the ice, you know, hang out with Red Patrol. Uh, got to meet uh, Carly Johnston, who is the best in-game stadium host that Detroit and probably the NHL has to offer. She was great. We signed the waiver forms, um, and then we we did the race. Uh, definitely was disappointed in the game that we got to do, but it was okay. Uh, I will take full responsibility for losing us that race. Um, and the reason we lost the race is because before it, my partner said to me, hey, where's the break on this thing? And I said, you don't need a break, man. Like, you're not going to need a break. He's like, you got to cut the turns tight. You're going to need the break. Sure as shit, uh, I hit the first turn and go so far on the outside that both guys passed me on the inside because I didn't know how to work the break whatsoever. So that's why we came in last. Um, I was also pretty intoxicated. So, um, you know, wasn't really, wasn't really, focused on my motor skills probably as much as I should have been or have my head in the game uh, as much as it should have been. But we were obviously disappointed after the L. And, uh, you know, we did get a post-game interview uh, about the race. So uh, why don't you guys listen to our, uh, listen to our, post-game, our post-game 
interview. This is the second we stepped off the ice uh, after found, finding out that we came in uh, third place. We got a hot start. It's a bad handoff. Unfortunately, bad handoff. And uh, I think we didn't know how to work the break at all. All right. Third what do you think about the handoff? Handoff wasn't great. It was a good. It was a good start, though. We we, we should have talked about it. I would edit well in the corner, the first one though. And then what happened? The e-brake caught up. I Ooh. couldn't get him. I didn't know where the yellow lane was. I tried getting around him. I tried to race like a gentleman, but sometimes you got to put him in the wall. I had a little rubbing, spun out, icy. Um, Sorry, a little you know, bit of racing. A push. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing, right? So I wanted to make sure I set. I let everyone know where I was on the on the race course there. Um, e-brake let up at me. We had a less than seller performance in the gray Chevy today, but you know what? We hope we can be back. Uh, we got good sponsors here. Would you like to, I was gonna say, would you like to thank any of your sponsors? Champagne Athletics, obviously we want to thank. Yeah. We want to thank National Fleet Services. We want to thank Carly for giving us the pep talk. What about your uh, Patagonia down there, still underneath the table that I put on there? It's there, it's there. Right, it, it's also sponsored. It's gonna Patagonia. keep me warm tonight when I'm walking in the cold, regretting the decisions yeah, I made yeah, in the course. I mean, you know, Joe, obviously we're, we're, not, we're obviously not happy with the result, you know, but we're happy with the effort we gave out sure. there. We're happy for the opportunity. We're happy with um, the we'll here with uh, all the girls here in the shiny red jackets. We're happy with the, with red we jackets. like the shiny red jackets. Yes. We want to know where we can get them. Yes. 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 Red Patrol. Yes. 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 Yeah, so so that's that. Um, you know, not much else to say about it except it was, you know, an absolutely spectacular experience. Uh, and uh, I did get a hockey puck. Did get a Red Wings hockey puck, which was a lot of fun. Um, but outside of my uh, shenanigans at LCA, uh, you know, you go to the games now, you spend a million dollars on beers, you're sitting on the glass, you get called down, hang with Carly Johnston, ride the scooters, whatever. Um, you know, back when we used to go and watch the games to like just watch the greatest American hockey franchise of all time, um, I definitely did enjoy that a little more um, because the product on the ice right now, who boy, who boy, these wings are bad. Um, and this is coming off the 3-1 win over Edmonton, uh, which is, you know, finally we got a W. But, I mean, we opened up, what was it? What did we open up? 3-1? and one? Yeah, 3-1 and one, Nashville, Dallas, lost to Anaheim, which I was at. I was at the Anaheim game, too. Uh, lost to Montreal. And then we went 5-2 to two to Toronto, 5-1 to one to Vancouver. Was that that game? 5-1 to one to Calgary. Jesus. 2-1 to one to Edmonton. 5-1. to one. Oh, no, that's the one I was at. Five to two, I was at this Vancouver game. Five to two to Vancouver, five to two to Ottawa, shut out by Buffalo, gave up another five to St. Louis. We were, and then, man, that's so fucking bad. Oh my gosh. So the Red Wings in the basement of the NHL. I really don't have much for you guys here. I mean, we knew the team wasn't going to be good. They always do this. They start off the year very, very strong. They get everyone excited, and then they just, like, lose eight in a row, which is exactly what happened this year. Um, and there's definitely some guys, like, showing who showed early promise who are not playing well at all right now. Uh, Chalowski, Hiroshi. Um, neither of these guys are really showing that they, you know, deserve to be on an NHL roster right now. Um, the good news is, is that in a year or so, I mean, we have picks and we have money and we have a trump card in Steve Iserman. I fully, fully anticipate he knew that this team was going to be really bad this year. I mean, you watch his post-draft interviews and all he says is, we got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. We got a long way to go. We got a lot of work to do. 
Um, you know, I hope people are, you know, are patient, are patient, you know, and like he's saying that because he knows this team is bad, but he knows he's got a few people and, a, or a, a few, yeah, he's got a few players and pieces in place. Um, and I, I just trust him to do the right thing. Um, you know, you look at the Tigers and they have like a rebuild quote unquote going on and you just have no idea where, what the foundation is or if you can trust it. But I, but I know with the Detroit Red Wings and Steve Eiserman, um, he's not going to lead us astray and he's going to take care of us here in Detroit. So get ready to just have a stinky team this year, guys. Like they're going to be bad. They're going to be entertaining and going to wings games are still like, is, is might be my favorite activity on all of earth. Um, but don't get your hopes up about this being a good season by any stretch of the imagination. Look for different things. Look for sick goals, good plays, developing players um, to get your most out of the games. Because if you're looking for W's, it's going to be a long season. LGRW. Okay, and the last game that I attended uh, most recently, this was on Monday of this week actually, was the Detroit Pistons game versus the Indiana Pacers. Now, I don't know much about the NBA. That's a fact. I don't know much about the Pistons. I don't know much about basketball. I like basketball. Um, if the Pistons were good, I'd watch every game. Uh, I was a huge 4 Pistons fan, but who the hell wasn't? Um, if the Pistons were sick, I'd watch them all the time, but if they're bad, I'm probably not going to watch them. Love Blake Griffin. Uh, love D. Rose. I mean, those guys, are ro- those guys rock. Um, but what I want to tell you here is that I sat like fifth row, like fifth row at an NBA game. Uh, I got access to the Players Club. Um, the whole experience at LCA was fucking mind blowing or just, just like, I thought the glass was the top of the mountain, getting down on the ice, riding around in the scooter, doing all that shit. But this, this players club shit like blew my mind. Uh, I mean, you you drop down, you have to go through like six rounds of security. They check your ticket every time they make sure you're this, that, and the other thing you walk by like these murals of all of the finals MVPs, uh, it, it, like including the NHL, all the Conn Smythe winners. So you walk by uh, Mike Vernon holding the Conn Smythe, then Steve Eiserman, then Nick Lindstrom, then Henrik Zetterberg, then Isaiah Thomas, then Joe Dumars, then Chauncey Billups. And there are these beautiful murals of these guys. And then you enter into like this bar restaurant buffet area, which has every type of charcuterie laid out, every type of um, every type of like little pastry dessert you could ever think of. To my right, there's pork tenderloin and mac and cheese bites, uh, or not even bites, just like little gourmet cups of mac and cheese, and then like samples of pork tenderloin. Uh, to my to my to the right of that is like a whole pizza stand. There's a gourmet hot dog stand to my left. Uh, you go even further down, and you're going to run into uh, a donut wall. They had a donut wall with hot cider and cold cider. And then to the left of that is a sushi bar. And then in the middle of all of it, obviously, is an alcohol bar. And I think there was one more station that I didn't hit, but it was absolutely, like, fucking mind-blowing. Like, we walked in right around tip, and we sat there for the whole first quarter, just, like, eating everything in sight. And we thought for sure you'd have to pay for alcohol. We did not have to pay for alcohol. So so beers were free. I mean, free, quote-unquote free. I have no idea how much these tickets were. My buddy got them from, like, a guy at work. And it was mind-blowing. It was absolutely mind-blowing, the food that was in there. I mean, the price of these tickets had to be just absolutely astronomical. But, like, it was hard to leave that 
area. Like it was hard to leave that players club. Cause I mean, you're just, you're just drinking beer. You're, you're having, you're chasing your pizza with fucking hot dogs followed by sushi and pork tenderloin. I mean, it was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, that's just like, it's, it's going to be hard to like attend another Pistons game ever if it's not in that players club. And then on top of it, NBA games are just kind of mind blowing how the atmosphere is so much different than like a hockey game. You know, I sat on the glass at the hockey game, but you know, there's still a barrier of a wall there with glass, uh, at these NBA games, man. Like, I mean, we were like fifth row center court and they're, you're right there. I mean, you're right there. You can hear everything the players are saying. You, you can say whatever you want to. I mean, they can hear everything you're saying. Uh, all the media is right there. It's just, it's so enclosed onto like a small court that it just blows my mind that, um, that like how intimate it feels, like how up close you are to these players. And obviously like these guys are gigantic, but like when you're that close, you realize how gigantic they really are. Um, I mean, Andre Drummond is just like a monster. And I know there's probably basketball fans out here who are just like, yeah, you idiot. Have you ever attended a basketball game? Like, yeah, I have, but I haven't really had that experience in a very long time to be that close on an NBA floor um, and contrast it so closely with sitting on the glass like a week before. Um, again, all these tickets were were invites from other friends who like got them from work or whatever it was. So it's not like I'm like shelling out the cash to like sit these close at games. But um, Pistons won too. They gave up the game late. They they gave up uh, the lead late to this to this to the Pacers. Nice Frank basketball. Frankie Hoops here. Frankie Hoops reporting. Uh, to the Pacers, gave up the lead late, but ended up closing it out. D Rose is a boss. Um, I know he's a little past his prime, but he is a fucking baller and he looked cool. Uh, Blake Griffin was on the sidelines, got some vids of him just hanging out. Um, but the most entertaining part about the whole game to watch anybody during a Pistons game is absolutely Tom Gorris. Um, Tom Gorris is, uh, he's a, he's a cokehead. Like there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that guy is hooked on cocaine. Like, no doubt. I videotaped him like three times and he rubs his nose 86 times, 86 times a fucking minute. That guy is always rubbing his nose. His face is always bright red. He's always got like a vein popping out of his forehead. He looks like he's in the half in the bag every time I see him. And I kept looking over at him and he's just, he's either chatting away, moving his hands or rubbing his nose. That's all there is to it. That guy fucking parties. And mind you, this was a seven o'clock game on a Monday. So that's Tom Gorris for you. He, uh, I don't think he has any clue what the fuck's going on. Um, but I think that guy's got a lot of money and I think that dude loves to party. So whatever, more power to you, buddy, but be nice if the Pistons could win again. So that's all I really got for the, uh, the Pistons game. Detroit basketball. Okay, now we'll move into the last part of the show here. Uh, but before we do that, I did want to say one thing I meant to say during the Lions segment. Um, at the beginning of this Lions season, I was screaming, Matthew Stafford, comeback player of the year, comeback player of the year, comeback player of the year. This dude might win comeback player of the year. Um, he's sneaky having like an MVP consideration season. He has a 64% completion percentage. Um, he's thrown for over 2,000 yards. He's averaging... 299 yards a game, so about 300 yards a game. He has 16 touchdowns and four interceptions for a passer rating good for 105.3. Um, and just to give you some reference on all of that, Aaron Rodgers has a 65% uh, 
uh, completion percentage. He's averaging 290 yards a game. He has 16 touchdowns as well, only two interceptions and 106.7. Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers' numbers are extremely comparable. Um, Rodgers does have the edge with about, I don't know, like 200 more throwing yards than him. But Matthew Stafford, my favorite player in the NFL, that guy fucking rocks. His family rocks, and I want him to win comeback player of the year. Come on, buddy. Win seven of these last fucking games, and let's get into the playoffs. Let's just do it. Let's do it. All right. Now that I got that out of my system, let's get into the last part of the show where we play a little game of over-under. If this is your first time listening or you don't know what this is, uh, over-under is a very simple game. My buddy Jerry, uh, who is my high school friend who lives out in Cleveland, he is an accountant with kind of a sad life. He's a little bit overweight. Um, he he needs some help. Uh, someone should take him shopping or something. But he uh, is a big fan of the show, which I do appreciate. And he sends me a list of 10 items. And they can be anything in the world, person, place, things, ideas, doesn't matter. Um, and he sends them to my email and I read them. I've never read them before. I read them live here on the show while recording. And then I say if that thing is over or underrated. Um so let's take a look at what he sent now. Again, never seen this list. Going to go open my email um, and go through this list. I cover them up as I go. So let's see what we got here. Okay, so from Jerry Rubino, he writes, LGRW, Blashel. Oh, he wants Blashel out. He wants AA out. He wants Hiroshi out. He wants John Daly out. He wants Mike Green out. And he wrote, fucking Hicketts, who are you? Um, he's a huge Red Wings fan, uh, arguably knows more about the current team than I do. Um and I really do appreciate that. I appreciate how much of a passionate and knowledgeable Red Wings fan he is. So you heard his opinion. Blashell out, AA out, Hiroshi out, Daily out, Green out, fucking Hicketts, who are you? Um, I think a lot of people would agree with you, probably besides AA. All right, so number one, Hooper, Pistons mascot, and then he put Frankie Hoops. Yes, my, my uh, NBA basketball uh, uh alter ego is Frankie Hoops. So Frankie Hoops on Hooper. What do I think of Hooper? Is Hooper under or overrated? I think Hooper's underrated. I'm going to take Hooper as underrated. Uh, there's a lot of mascots out there in the world I don't like. Uh, specifically, I don't like Paws. I think the Lions Paws is like a big pussy. Um, and I don't like him at all. I don't even think he wears pants, which which is cool that he doesn't wear pants. But, but he's such a pussy that I don't like that he doesn't wear pants. And pussy's no pun intended just because he's a cat. I just – pause is weak as shit. Hooper, though, Hooper's kind of out of his goddamn mind. Um, the reason I kind of like Hooper is just because the idea of the Pistons having a horse for horsepower I think is kind of funny. Um, and I And there was a time where Hooper looked a little different. He looked a little meaner. And then they popped his eyes out and, and made him like googly eyes one year. And that was just so nuts. Um, I don't think Hooper's great. I'd say he's very slightly underrated. Um, but I don't think he sucks. I just think he could use a little tweaking. For example, when I lived out in Chicago, uh, I randomly went to a lot of Bulls games because my company had tickets. And Benny the Bull, like, rocks. Like, he's like an athlete. Whoever is him is, like, athletic as hell and, like, is like he rides like a flaming mini bike during like the timeouts and goes off of ramps and like jumps on trampolines and dunks and like and like routinely hits the over the behind the back half court shot 
and Hooper's not doing any of that shit. So I think aesthetically and attitude-wise, Hooper's, like, decent, but he needs to, like, up his game on, like, the acrobats and the theatrics because he did the the behind-the-back half-court shot during the game, and he wasn't even close. He was, like, ass. He sucked at it. So Hooper's slightly underrated, but a lot of room for improvement on Hooper. Um, number two, players club at the Stones game. Oh, fuck. I mean, it's underrated. That's the, that's the only way to attend a Pistons game uh, until they start winning games. I mean, I it was amazing. It was absolutely incredibly amazing, and I loved it. I loved the players club at the Pistons game. That is underrated for days. Two Pistons questions off the bat. Number three, beef jerky. Beef jerky is so underrated. I love fucking beef jerky. I love beef jerky, and I love turkey jerky. They both fucking rock. Uh, peppered is my favorite. Um, peppered kind is so good. I think teriyaki is a little overrated, but in general, beef jerky is underrated. The only shitty part about it is it's so goddamn expensive. Like you go to a gas station, it's like eight bucks for like a pack of like, there's like five of them in like that little plastic thing. It's like half, it's like 90% air and you get like a little, little bits of beef jerky. And the best kinds of beef and turkey jerky are like the authentic ones, like the ones you're driving up north and there's like a jerky outlet. Those are the best. Nothing against Jack Lynx or like Pemmican or anything like that, but like I just love that like genuine, like greasy fucking beef jerky. God, I love jerky. Underrated. Good one. Number four, Wendy's Frosties. Uh, Wendy's Frosties are underrated if you can find a Wendy's where the machine is fucking working. Um, I think they rock. Uh, I like I like vanilla probably the best and then chocolate, uh, but I think they're very good. I've been known to sneak a Frosty into my Wendy's orders. Um, I think they're better than like shakes or McFlurries or any of the other fast food like ice cream items. I think the Frosty probably reigns supreme in that arena. So I'm going to say underrated. So big list of underrated so far. Number five, Halloween parties. Um, this is a big age one. This is a big age question. I grew up like as a child loving Halloween. Went to college, loved Halloween even more. A couple years after Halloween, it was okay. Now it's kind of done. Like I don't, I don't have a Halloween costume. I'm not dressing up. I don't have any Halloween parties to go to. Um, and that's kind of that. Like right now, it's kind of like a chore to like pick out a costume and like spend the money on it and then like go and you black out and then you're hungover for four days. Like they're overrated right now. Age I'm at, where I'm at, they're overrated. But in college, just out of college, like high school, Halloween fucking rocks. College Halloween is the best thing in the world. Uh, maybe not in the world, but like party wise in college, like outside of like tailgating, it's the best thing ever. And nothing's better than like when Halloween falls on a tailgate. I mean, it's just your mind explodes. It's the best thing ever. You get to dress up like a moron for like five days because that's how long you celebrate things in college. Uh, they rock. I mean, you, you literally just celebrate Halloween for like five days straight. And like you can wear the same costume. It doesn't matter. Um, Halloween's awesome in college. So right now it's overrated. Back in the day, it was very underrated. Number six, Darius Slay. Darius Slay is very underrated uh, in general in the NFL as a corner, as an athlete, um, his family, everything. Darius Slay is a very, very underrated asset. Um, the fact that like it was even thought about for us to trade him uh, is mind-blowing. People rarely throw to Slay's side because he's so shut down. Um, and yeah, he did get torched in that Chargers game a little bit, but he ended up making the big play at the end. 
Darius Slay is an absolute asset to the Detroit Lions defense, and we would be he would be sorely missed. Darius Slay is great, um, and he's underrated. And Jennifer Slay, his wife, is a smoke. So go follow her. She's a big basketball fan um, and seems to like Detroit a lot. They got like four kids. So Darius Slay, Jennifer Slay, glad you guys are part of the Motor City. Number seven, Carving Pumpkins. Uh, carving pumpkins, dude, I don't hate carving pumpkins. This you, I think you'd think this is something I don't like. I actually do enjoy doing this. I really suck at it. Um, but I like to do it and I like to pull out the pumpkin seeds and like, you know, cook them and then eat them, season them, all that shit. I'm going to say carving pumpkins is underrated. Um, I like doing it. It's kind of fun. I think I'm just kind of like a Halloween slappy. Um, I like Halloween even as a kid and as an adult, even though I just said parties overrated now. Um, but Halloween's great. It's such a silly holiday, um, and carving pumpkins is just like a ridiculous thing that I, I kind of don't mind doing, even though I really suck at it. I'm gonna say carving pumpkins is underrated. Then you get the pumpkin seeds; they're fun. Uh, <laughs> number eight, Tavani, that linebacker from Hawaii. Um, Tavani, that linebacker from Hawaii. That's the guy on the the Lions. If anybody's lost here, um, he's he's overrated. I mean, I don't know why we ever drafted him in the third round. Um, he's made some good plays, but he's pretty slow, I think. Uh, I don't think he's been a horrible bust, but I totally think for the pick we got him, he was completely, completely overrated. Um, I would have to watch him a little closer, but and it's not like I'm like the beacon of understanding linebacker performance, but I, I think for now he's overrated unless he's spectacular because we used a third rounder on him. when he, We probably could have waited to the fifth to get him. Uh, number nine. Uh, betting on college b-ball and then he says twist early in the year uh, that's overrated as hell betting on any sport early in the year is pretty damn overrated as fuck um, you, you don't know who's good you don't know who's bad you don't know anything about the teams you're just blindly using pundits research of an off season and then whatever happened last year so your information sucks your intuition sucks and you're normally way too excited and you bet way too much and then you lose way too much and then you're way too pissed off. So betting anything early in the year is fucking stupid and overrated, especially college basketball because who the fuck knows what's going to happen in college basketball ever, let alone at the beginning of the season. Number 10, Friendsgiving. Heads up, I'm having one in Cleveland on November 16th in a party room at my apartment complex. It's pretty sick. You and Sarah should come. Anyone else can come too. So you guys hear that? Uh, Jerry's having a Friendsgiving in Cleveland on November 16th, and we are all invited. Uh, anybody who's listening to this, uh, you guys can ride with me. We're going to Jerry's Friendsgiving on November 16th in Cleveland. Should be fun. Um, but Friendsgivings, Friendsgivings are kind of like the new Halloween party. I don't know if that completely makes sense, but Friendsgivings now I'm a big fan of. They're a lot of fun. They normally just turn into like a house party Um where everyone brings food and we're all hanging out and there's sports playing. Friendsgiving's rock. And I was never into Friendsgiving like in college or anything because no one had any money to make anything. The best I could have made for you was like two fucking pizza bites. And then you could have had a cup, a dirty cup of water, war, a dirty cup of lukewarm water with no ice. Um, that's like what I could bring to a Friendsgiving in college. But now, now that we can buy food and like be humans, I think it's great. Uh, Friendsgiving rocks. It's definitely, definitely underrated. So let's do a quick run through the list. Hooper, underrated. 
Players Club at the Pistons game, underrated. Beef Jerky, way underrated. Uh, Wendy's Frosties, underrated. Halloween Parties, overrated at my age, underrated in college, forever underrated in college. Uh, number six, Darius Slay, underrated. Carving Pumpkins, I believe is underrated as well. Uh, Tavani, that linebacker from Hawaii, overrated. Uh, betting in college early in the year, overrated. And Friendsgiving is underrated. So that is all we have for the Fizz Show this week, episode 36. I do appreciate you guys uh, being patient with me, coming back here for week 36. It means a lot to me. I really enjoy doing this for you guys, um, and I hope you guys do enjoy listening. Um, you know, If you are an, an avid listener and follower of Champagne Athletics and the Fizz, please go follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Champletics. Uh, just search Champagne Athletics. It'll come up. Uh, go buy Vapor Fresh. Don't forget to use code FizzPodcast for 20% off. And then, guys, I do have a store with T-shirts and hats. Go check it out. I'm right on the verge of revamping the entire store. So I'm going to have some new products for you guys. Would love if you guys logged on there and uh, bought a shirt. And then, obviously, last but not least, um, if you guys could go on iTunes and rate this show, and if you got time to write a review, however you feel about it, I really would appreciate it. Uh, love those positive reviews. A lot of you guys have already written a lot of nice things. Um, so if you guys do have time to do that on iTunes to write a review of the fizz, I'd really appreciate it. You can even dust me up. I just want to know what you guys think. Uh, just want to make this, just want to make this the best Detroit sports podcast in the world. And that's what we're going to do together. Week 36, we are out. Go Lions, go Pistons, go Red Wings. And, uh, you know, tonight I'm going to say go Nationals. Hopefully Mad Max can bring it home. Have a good one, guys. This game right here is rough as fuck. These hoes out here are about the bucks. These fools out here are afraid to bust. I have no fear, we're afraid of what? And with my fears, I'm coming up. Fools talk real loud, but don't run up. When we come through, they run and duck. We still right here, so what? It's a gangster nation. If you in, you a G. And the whole world influenced by the B and the C. Now tell the truth, rappers, you don't ball like me. Cause I'm really from the gang, y'all is industry. And while I'm serving up and coming young hustlers and cluckers, banging for the hood, causing havoc and ruckus. You niggas at the label kissing ass like suckers. And you bitches, so sit down when you piss, motherfuckers. One thing I do know, I ain't the Uno. Big Bruno, rap sumo, on Puno. I like to thank the congregation and my affiliation to the gangster nation. I'm hard on them. Yeah, I'm ruthless. You like stick pussy, nigga, you're useless. You know the side bitch, better get up on it. Cause it must be a single when they don't singing on it. Look here, man. Check this shit out, man. Look. Y'all might as well say fuck it and join this West Side thing, man. Cause we got a motherfucking gangster nation going over here. And once you join this shit, you as G as can motherfucking be. Believe that, homie. Look, it ain't a hit to Nate Dogg's spin. This game right here is rough as fuck. These hoes out here are about the bucks. These fools out here afraid to bust. I have no fear, afraid of what? And with my fears, I'm coming up. Fools talk real loud, but don't run up. When we come through, they run and duck. We still right here, so what the fuck? Bitch, you know the side. World motherfucking wide.